0: Welcome to the Bar Variations Podcast. Go behind the bar with me, your host, Michelle DuBall. as I interview leaders in the industry. We'll talk about how bar impacts their lives, what's inspiring them today, and take the conversations that usually stay in the studio out into the community. Grab a seat because there's plenty of room at the bar. Are you a bar addict, a social butterfly, or just getting started in bar fitness? Do you want to feel good and look good during your sweat session? If the answer is yes, you must visit fitforbar.com and shop their exclusive activewear and athleisure styles designed for your bar workout and beyond. From hats to bar socks and everything in between, each piece from this female-owned boutique has been bar tested and approved from the best in the business. And with free domestic shipping, easy returns, and a buy now, pay later option, fitforbar.com provides an online shopping experience fit for a bar queen. So go ahead and treat yourself to some new apparel from fitforbar.com. You deserve it. Happy shopping.
1: Welcome back for episode 14 of the Bar Variations Podcast. It's February, the month of love. And I don't know about you, but I'm a sucker for holidays. The more cheese, the better, guys. <laughs> and Valentine's Day is the ultimate cheese holiday, but a day that I love to celebrate the entire month, seriously. It's like a 30-day retox of love for me, where it's about upping the self-love, sharing my love, and letting love just ooze out all day long and in everything that I do. (laughs) So I'm sorry in advance if I'm too mushy for you and maybe it's the pregnancy hormones, but hey, I love love. What can I say? And I'm being very serious. (laughs) So to catch you up last month, I taught in person The last teacher training and teaching deconstructed workshop before I become a boy mom and take some time to stay at home with my little one. I will be back out traveling in the summer, but on a limited schedule, so stay tuned for upcoming dates. Now that we are in the swing of 2020, I believe that February is when we can really come up for air after the holidays, the craziness of it all, and the new year hoopla. For me, I really feel myself settling in during the month of February and have a clearer mind to reestablish some healthy self-care rituals, which lately for me, my latest is a weekly bath, lukewarm as I am still wary of pregnancy fear-mongering about baths, but anyways, bath time is my new favorite way to reset and recharge. I get the Epsom salts in there. They have a little bit of a aromatherapy, like the oil. Oh, so good. And maybe it's just me, but I forgot how great they were. And maybe it's because I live in an apartment and dream of having one of those luxurious claw-footed tubs, but soaking for 20, well, let's face it, 30, 40 until I'm a prune and listening to the audiobook that I have right now, sipping my water. It's just heaven. It's amazing. I love it. And that may also be because I'm about to lose all of my privacy, but hey, I'll take it right now. So whatever it is for you, my weekly tradition right now is to take a bath. And my point is that taking time to ground yourself is worth a weekly check-in to feel recalibrated and whole again. And when we feel like our best selves, we can share our best selves. Which brings me to this month's topic of sharing is caring, and just how to share in general without feeling icky or overexposed. So here's a quote from Glennon Doyle that hits the nail on the head. Quote, make sure you're sharing from your scars, not your open wounds. When we truth tell widely in real time, it's alarming to people because it can feel more like a cry for help than an act of service. You have to be still with your pain before you can offer it up and use it to serve and connect with people you don't know, unquote. Boom, mic drop. I love that quote. Often we just hear that first first part of speak from your scars, not your wounds, kind of um, condensed a little bit. But the full one really goes a little bit deeper of why you should maybe consider this. And I always try to keep this in mind when I share my experiences and stories. I'm not talking about, you know, telling your closest friends. And this quote is ta- isn't talking about that either, about the things that may be painful or traumatic or anything like that, because I do believe sharing with those people, your inner circle right away to help you heal is very important. And again, like the quote, I'm
0: speaking about sharing with a broader audience outside of your inner circle. I am of no help to anyone else if I am still in a place where I can't
1: speak from a grounded place. However, when I do speak from my scars and feel clear about my intentions, sharing my experiences can offer a lot of support and I'm in more of a place of serving others. I used to say things like,
0: I don't really know what I'm doing and I could never work for a real office job, right? These are two kind of fear blocks that I had for a long time
1: and I said these things that were very judgmental of myself and didn't take into consideration all of the experiences that I had when it came to starting developing and running a business. because I went through an experience that was hurtful and painful, I wasn't ready to really share this experience and Although I may not have a degree or an MBA, but I do have firsthand experience with business and all of the things I just said. It took me a long time to get through my fear of feeling inadequate and thinking that I can never do it on my own. And I was scarred. I was hurt. And it wasn't fully healed from my first failure of business. And with time, more experiencing, coaching, and lots of personal development, I gained the confidence to share again. So because I went through a hard time, it took me years and it doesn't have to take everybody years to get over something or to feel grounded again after something painful happens. But for me, it did take years of something that I just pushed off to the side and didn't really think I wanted to do again. And again, it took me that time and a lot more experience to gain the confidence. And so now when I was ready at that moment, I knew I had to share again, because I didn't go to a traditional business school. I learned so much from so many experts who had a lot more experience than me. I had firsthand on the job training of what it took to start, develop, run, and continue a successful business. Although it was a fail for me, it wasn't a fail for everybody in the situation. So I knew it could work. So now with Bar Variations, I share with you all the tips, the tools, the resources. I open up about my experiences. I share trainings and stories in hopes that I can inspire someone else to share their own experiences. All the sharing is because I care about the betterment of what we do and the passion that is driving the force behind us to do what we love. And honestly, it makes for a better world. And I believe I rise, you rise, we all rise together. So I say these things not to come from a place of like, oh, I'm so healed. I don't have any wounds. I'm saying it because... This podcast is an act of service to share with you the journeys of the, not only myself, but the people I'm interviewing that will hopefully resonate with you. Maybe not everybody, but if you gain a little kernel each episode to inspire you to grow, to think, to consider, to disagree with, to start a conversation and then I feel like we're in a great place and this podcast is serving the greater good. So this is why I share that. And because I love what I do, because I love sharing with you and I love this community, I am sharing from my scars. So this brings me to our first community question of the year. Da-da-da. Remember last episode was more like a community activity and just go out and have fun. So with all this talk about sharing, I want to hear from you. What experience can you share that you think others will benefit from when it comes to bar and or business? So again, sharing from a scar, not a wound. But we all have experience. We are natural-born entrepreneurs in this fitness world. And if you are just a bar lover, and I don't mean just in a negative way, if you are a bar lover who takes bar classes, this is for you too. What experience can you share that you think others will benefit from when it comes to bar and or the bar business? Um, And with your answers, I think it could be really great to Open it up to the broader community in our Facebook group, and maybe somebody will gain inspiration from your story or have validation that they're not alone or learn a lesson from you. You know, we can all weave this web of uplifting, positive support in our community. I don't know if that was a complete sentence, but if we think of those things webbed together to really make this community stronger, that's what it's about. So I look forward to hearing what you have to say. I'll share it in the show notes. And you can share your answer with me via email at infobarvariations.com. At you can join the Bar Variations VIP group on Facebook to share your answer, or even leave me a voice message via Anchor. I'll share all the links in the show notes, and I look forward to hearing from you. All right, guys, we're sharing the love. So up next is my interview with Marnie Duncan from Mod Fitness. She is the owner. She is amazing. So stay tuned and enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Point Studio. They're the best gripping socks for bar, yoga, dance, and basically all studio workouts. These socks are the next best thing to being barefoot. And listeners of the Bar Variations podcast get 15% off their order with the code BAR Variations. That's code BAR Variations. All one word to receive 15% off your next purchase at pointstudio.com.
0: If you're a certified hashtag bar addict like I am, then you can definitely appreciate a bar-inspired graphic tank top or sweatshirt. Good news. For those of us who can't get enough, Bar Goods Co. will add an extra bit of fun to your workout with apparel designed for and inspired by the bar. And if you need that extra little bit of motivation to get yourself to class, then you'll be happy to know that they use only the softest fabrics available to help you express your love of bar to the world. Check out their go-to line of screen-printed goodies including workout tops, sweatshirts, and even infant onesies for bar addicts and training. And guess what? Listeners of the Bar Variations podcast can use the code VARIATIONS25 to take 25% off their first order. That's code VARIATIONS25 in all lowercase letters. Visit bargoods.com now to start shopping.
1: All right. Hi, listeners. I'm here today with Marnie Duncan, the creator of... Oh, hold on. Let me start. That's another thing that keeps happening with my pregnancy brain. I like can't spell and I can't speak halfway through oh, a yeah. sentence pregnancy anymore. Oh, Pregnancy brain is legit. <laughs> it only gets worse too. It's so real. When my <laughs> husband like said it back, he's like, it's okay. You have pregnancy brain. I'm like, yes. Yes, I do. I'm like, don't believe anything I'm saying. And if I just stop talking in the middle of a sentence, just it's okay. Just... Lead me down the street.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know it's it's great. Yeah, I'll catch myself even still, even with kids. I feel like it gets harder.
1: (laughs) I know your brain just can't do that many things. Mm -hmm. All right, let's start again. Hi, listeners. I am here today with Marnie Duncan, the creator and owner of Mod Fitness in Austin, Texas. A former Division One athlete and fitness enthusiast, Marnie has trained with nationally renowned instructors in New York and San Francisco under exhales core fusion and daily method bar programs. Marnie became involved in Lottie Burke Pilates and yoga after she suffered a severe fracture to her neck in a boating accident. After spending months in a cervical halo, the various disciplines of bar Pilates and yoga helped Marnie overcome her injury and transform her body. Marnie's mission is to help others reach their physical goals while creating a challenging and encouraging environment. Marnie has additional certifications in trigger point, foam rolling, kettlebells, and has trained in bossy mat and equipment Pilates. She received her Courtney Miller Pilates athletic performer level one and two certification. Welcome, Marnie.
2: Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being
1: here and thank you for sharing your story with all of us. That is a lot of athletic certifications and I can't wait to dive in a little bit more to that cervical spine injury. Holy Molly, but um, for the listeners, just so they know, I we were connected through Brittany, your instructor and director of training. Yes. And as we were talking a little bit before, I won't go in the gross details for our listeners because you guys don't care, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I got to come to your studio in Austin and I was 11 weeks pregnant <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, Brittany, I don't know if I can come. I'll let you know. And then she is, she is announced she is pregnant as well. So by the time this airs, we may or may not still be pregnant. You know, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) But this studio was so, so gorgeous and so much fun. So if anybody follows uh, Mod Fitness on Instagram, it is just as beautiful in person as it is on the gram. So no, thank, thank you, you for being here. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Amazing. So I, my first question for you, I asked all my guests this to kind of kick it off and it can be, you know, the long answer, the short answer, I'll take all of them. But when did you get started with your movement journey? So for example, for myself, I was about four when I started dance
2: classes. So for you, what was it like for you? So there's, for me, I started, I mean, I was always an athlete growing up and I swam and I played water polo. I grew up in the Bay area in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And so I always was training, whether it was in the pool or in the gym, doing weightlifting for, um, water polo when we were, when I was at UC Berkeley. And then after that, I really changed my journey changed a lot when I had my accident and went from, you know, more high impact swimming and competing, on, in a team level. And I wasn't able to do that anymore. And, um, so I found bar. I just actually, some friends recommended it to me in the Bay area. Bar had really kind of hit the scene in San Francisco after New York Mm -hmm. and studios were kind of popping up all over. And I just needed being an athlete, another little bump after finishing my physical therapy after my accident and needed something to kind of segue back into normal life again. Hmm. And so I found this, the studios, the daily method, and it's a studio that started in San Francisco. And I started going, I was finishing up my last semester of college and I actually started doing the childcare there, started working the front desk and got so into it. I was going seven days a week, sometimes two classes in a day. And I just absolutely loved it. And kind of all the residual pain for me from my neck and my injury just kind of dissolved after this. And so for me, it was like very transformative in that respect. Um, And that was kind of like the second leg of my movement journey. So it's been a long road and that's kind of how I ended at bar and why for me, it just became such a passion of mine.
1: Yeah. And starting such vigorous sports and athletics as a young kid, it's hard to not fill that void or that gap once it kind of slips away. And it's a natural, I guess, Degradation, I guess you can say, you know, we are young kids like running around. And then if you go off to college, and for you, you're very lucky that you were a D1 athlete. And you said in swimming, correct?
2: Yeah, w- water polo.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that <laughs> is like even, let's just like bump that up a thousand notches. So not even just an athlete, like a water polo is. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> you're not just swimming laps. you're like pedaling and treading water for hours and hours. So so intense. Could you take us through those college years of what it was like to be a D1
2: athlete? Gosh, actually, we were just I was just in Northern California this weekend and went back to a Cal game. So it was kind of fun reliving it all. But um for us, I mean, so we would have an off-season and then in season and off-season, you would you're only allowed to have a certain amount of practice time per week. Mm. So you would have your pool time and then your weight lifting time in the gym with your personal training coach. Um, that would, I think, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember specifics. I think it was like a three to four days a week in the, in the gym. And then mm. in the pool, you're there every day. And then when season's about to hit, you have what we I mean, used to call hell week. I'm sure they still have it. Mm. You have double days. Mm-hmm, mm. you know, early in the morning <laughs> you were there before it was sunny out before the sun was out and then you'd go back in the afternoon and those were those were long long days yeah, long
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean I always look back on like my college dance days because same thing I I think I was dancing like eight plus hours a day and yeah I'm like ooh for the young man like I mean not that I'm old you know not that we're aged in any way but it's like Getting into that routine and that drive, like, do you find that it helped you, like, the things that you learned in that kind of discipline arena, like, did do you feel like a lot of
2: that stuff has translated into, like, being a business owner? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that just having the structure of, I swam growing up and always had to do practices before school, and then in the afternoons, all of that has helped me so much in my day-to-day life and just one building confidence, which I think makes anyone successful Mm. in life. And then just be giving you guidance and structure. Yeah. I think
1: having structure, having a schedule, having a routine or just something that you're constantly working towards, like it fuels an engine that it's a muscle. It's That is as much of a muscle as your actual muscles, right? Like getting that kind of Routine and schedule, and it doesn't have to. You know, we all don't have to be amazing water polo division one athletes to have that same yeah, structure. But it it's it is that the practice of the practice. Yes, and, I agree. Um, I think that's like a great, and I think that's what's hard for so many college age people going off to school. You go from maybe a house full of structure, maybe, maybe not, but you're going at least from high school, which is a structure in your schedule and your day. Mm -hmm. And then you go off to college and the schedule gets a little loose and, you know, you have a little bit more time to get things done. And I think it can really throw people off not to have maybe a routine in their physical activity because they're no longer doing sports or they're no longer doing their dance classes or And then they don't have their mom being like, hey. Yeah, I know. (laughs) They don't have that guidance always. So even just having a coach mentoring and coaching you through your practices, it's it's keeping you accountable. So
2: being on a team sport, like what do you think were like the biggest takeaways for you? Gosh, I mean now I even see it now. I think just punctuality showing up Mm. on time. I remember it was if you were 10 minutes early, you were considered late. You know, mm-hmm. and so, so much of now you see that even just owning a business and, um, I'm not going to say I'm on time cause I'm always a little <laughs> bit oh, with two kids. <laughs> no,
1: that, I mean, I think that's a universal, like it's okay. Like yeah. that's, I mean, it, when you're like managing other people's schedules and they're your own humans and then you're trying to (laughs) you just don't know if those shoes are gonna go on in the morning or not. I know. Exactly. (laughs) And a lot of times they don't. (laughs) Sometimes they do not. But it is that is such a great takeaway. I mean I know yeah, I had to be fifteen minutes early for everything. And if you weren't there warmed up and ready to go, it was over, you know, like you didn't get an extra warm up. You went right into well, a warm up in class. But you know, that's it's full on movement yeah. and even jumping in the pool, you need to be ready to go in the pool and start your training instead of kind of getting ready, so there's so much preparation in that, and um like so for your studio policy is just having that punctuality, do you think anything else kind of translates over from your kind of teamwork
2: into your business teamwork? yeah, absolutely, and I think just. Get keeping the morale up. And Mm. for us, we really pride ourselves on our instructors being the best and always having the most challenging classes and the most well trained instructors. And so for us, just upholding all of that so we're able to bring our clients something new and interesting and keeping it fresh for them and staying evolved with fitness as it keeps to evolve around us. Mm -hmm. So we are always going to be at the top of our game. Um, And I think that just all comes with hard work too, which is just something that, you know, I've had to do that since I started sports. And so it's, you know.
1: Yeah. Before we dive deeper into bar, let's go back and tell
2: us about, that horrible neck fracture you had. (laughs) Yeah. So it was awful. It was Mm. a terrible, terrible time in my life but I was able to move past it all. And, um, luckily, I mean, I haven't had to have surgery or anything. I'm hoping, you know, I can hold that out as long as possible, but Mm. I was in a boating accident in Lake Tahoe in 2006 and I was in a, um, the impact of it. Our boat hit another boat Mm. and, um, the impact of it, I broke my neck, it ended up being a C2 hangman fracture, which mm. is the same as like Christopher Reeves. So C2 and above, if you do have like spinal damage is your quadriplegic and then anything below the C2 is paraplegic. So I am extremely, extremely, extremely fortunate and lucky and grateful um, mm. that I'm able to still walk and use everything. And um, I was... In the accident, taken to Truckee Hospital and then airlifted from there to UC Davis Medical Center. Oh my goodness. And that's when I woke up in the ICU with a cervical halo on my head, mm. which I don't. A lot of people probably have never even seen them before, but uh,
1: no, it's like a it's like taking one of those like dog cones and basically like the poles right around your neck, holding your head in place.
2: Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. They. Um, there's, I think, a few scenes in some movies that have them, which sometimes people kind of remember it from that. Like, I think, uh, is it Mean Girls has a scene with it? Yes. <laughs> and,
1: you're, right. Um, you're right. Which, yeah. she's moving a lot. She's moving a lot with a halo on her <laughs> head. So, you do yes, watch it. Yes. That's not what it's like. You're not just yeah,
2: strolling around. I know. So, yes, it has four screws into your skull to keep it stable. And, basically, it's just mobilizing you, dem- <laughs> immobilizing you so your bone will fuse back together. And so I was in that and, um, for six months, which is mm. twice as long as I should have been in it, but my bone wasn't healing. My neck wasn't. So they're mm-hmm. going to have to do surgery. And we did something called electric bone stimulation, which is these electrodes that mm-hmm. I would put on my neck every night. And it was supposed to stimulate and bring oxygen to that area. And I actually still to this day, like, I'm so I'm a firm believer that that's actually what ended up help healing my neck.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent like that. It's amazing what, um, my younger brother works uh, he's a uh, medical, uh, he's going to kill me. It's, he's not a medical technician, but he works in robotics and mm-hmm. for brain and spine surgery. Now he's gone oh to strictly spine. So he's not a doctor, but he runs the machine that will, um, basically navigate for the doctor pinpointing exactly where to go wow. in so taking spine surgeries and cutting you know cutting the time in half some of them are like non-invasive now it's wow. insane what they can do but is the, this
2: for like a disc replacement or um, all of the above or?
1: all of the above they've done rods and backs and yeah all, all kinds of all kinds of things um Oh God, he's going to kill me. I did not describe that very well. Medtronics, if, you, if anybody wants to look it up, is the company Medtronics. Um, yeah. But now they're, they're fixing like severe scoliosis wow. in such a quick time. And then the recovery is like a fraction of what it used to be. So mm-hmm. hearing like the electrostim stuff, I mean, you think about we move our bodies, right? Pumps blood and oxygen through our body. And if you're not able to move a part of your body...
2: Mm-hmm. How do you
1: get it there? Right. So, doing that, I mean, that sounds really awesome. And it's amazing what it, they're able to do and, like, seriously save lives and save people's way of living as well or quality of life.
2: Yeah. And I had a great orthopedic surgeon too that was very conservative in his approach. Mm. And so he suggested that he's like, we have to try this before we operate. I mean, you're so young and mm, yeah. there's no reason that you shouldn't be healing. So, I mean, I'm so thankful for that just because. You know opening up a surgery is a whole nother can of worms and the recovery of it, so um yeah i was I was really lucky there,
1: yeah, I mean it used to just you know certain ones were just fusions I mean, I had some clients that they were very young, they had scoliosis, and the way they treated it was fuse your spine together mm-hmm. and like the residual pain and effects from that years later it was just like, oh my goodness, like now they have these like flexible, they, like they can do so much. And if you have somebody that's advocating for you, I think that's a great place to be. And do you feel like you had to be an advocate for yourself or was this person like just kind of the right person for you to do and what you exactly
2: what you felt like was supposed to be oh, done. I mean, that was such a big learning experience for mm. me too. I mean, absolutely. I was, had great treatment all the way through, but I mean, that's one that any, in any situation that everyone should have is get multiple opinions. And I mean, I was at every hospital in Southern California and, mm. and every orthopedic and neuro office down there.
1: Mm. Now, do you find that having a movement background at that point, were you able to kind
2: of understand a little bit more of what was going on or? I think so. And I think just the, I mean, honestly, my uncle, he was a doctor and he Mm. was always under, he was like, the reason that you didn't have as, you know, worse damage off is because the strength that you had in Mm. your neck from all the swimming and the water polo Mm -hmm. um, and how, you know, how much more muscle you had around there to help stabilize it. Who knows, you know, if that's really the case, but I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely cannot hurt, right? (laughs) Right, exactly.
1: And I've always found that having somewhat of a basic—I mean, I'm going to call my anatomy background basic compared to obviously like a doctor's—but having some kind of movement knowledge or basic anatomy knowledge, I've always found that it's helped me go into the doctors with confidence. To the point where I'm like, okay, can you explain it in this way, and I can ask certain things that will make me understand it. So I'm not just being spoken to. And, you know, I was in a a head-on collision car crash and, and walked away and everyone was fine. And, yeah, um, but I hands down believe if I was not physically strong enough that I would have had major things, little things will crop up. I was kind of like had a little like hmm, my leg feels a little twisty and different yeah. but mm-hmm. you know like nothing major but i i do believe that like the reason we work out right is to be able to function in our day-to-day life with freedom and no pain and then also accidents happen thing life happens yeah. falls mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. slips happen and like if you're not I mean, not that you should be preparing for doom and gloom, but it's also like, as we age, our bone density goes down, especially for women and our muscle mass goes away. I mean, after kids, like our fat cells are going away. And so it's like, we're really, you know, we are slowly decaying. That's very morbid, but we are, our bodies are degenerating. And if we don't keep up as much as we can, then what are we left with you know it's we don't have much to work with if and when something may or may not happen <laughs> like right. a slip or or a major accident you can't prevent those things that's why they're accidents right. you can't foresee them so i'm all about you know if it, if it's not drilled in you it's i love that about being a teacher being able to bring movement into people's lives so they can live the lifestyle they
2: want to live, right? Exactly, and it's not about for for me, especially as I've started, you know, had two kids and been in this industry, you know, for over ten years now, and I feel like it's 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 just about maintaining. We're not training for anything; we're training for the rest of our life mm-hmm. here. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like you said, just if you can live your life without pain, and like for me, I remember I I had and I carried my two kids, like I had, you know, the general pregnancy pains and it helped me so much. I remember I'd get in there and just move and take a class and I could only do 60% of it, but I would feel so much better. Yes. My mind would feel better. And I think that's a whole nother element that I've started to appreciate so much more as I get older in this career is, it's just so good for your mind also.
1: It really, did clear. it's like, I always say like work out to work it out <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, going through my own pregnancy it was great i've taught many many prenatal clients and everyone's different and i was always respectful and honored that like do what feels best in your body here's the options if you need them mm-hmm. and almost immediately in my pregnancy abdominals and planks were out of the picture yeah they felt horrible i was like mm, mm-mm. i mean i don't like them on a good day so let's be honest about that yeah. let's be honest about <laughs> that But the extension of my leg, if I was in like a, you know, on my back and flexion and I'm reaching my legs, at like Pilates, say like my Pilates series of five, I was like, ooh, ooh, I don't like that. So it was interesting. And it's, you know, and even if it's not an, pregnancy is not an injury, but it's a huge, massive change to your body. And now it's just, oh, any, like whatever I can do that feels good, it feels so much better. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so even like when we get sick, right? Like even if you're like sick and you can't, it's like, okay, then ease into it. Go for a walk. Like you don't need to like go for the gold, <laughs> right, I know. but, um, yeah, we're in it for the long haul. Um, yeah. so when you were going through your recovery and all of that, so were you teaching, I know you have a Pilates background. When did that kind of come into play?
2: Yeah. So I ended up, so I moved to New York after I started teaching at the daily method. That's where I did my original training under Jill Daly. And then I moved shortly thereafter. I always wanted to move to New York Hmm. after graduating. And so I moved to New York in 2008 and they, I was connected with Fred and Liz over at Exhale who Mm -hmm. are fantastic and taught there. I worked full time and then would teach just in the evenings. Just I I couldn't give it up. It was just, it's just a part of me. It always has been since I started. And so I would teach during the week and on the weekends. And um, I didn't get into the Pilates side of it until I'd actually moved to Austin. And I think it was just, I wanted to just continue my education. Mm -hmm. And I loved the Pilates aspect of it and the core aspect of it. Um, and the orthopedic aspect of it mm. so much from everything I went through with my neck and just knowing that so much of the core strength and stability in the postural cues and elements of it are what have really helped me maintain my lifestyle so mm-hmm. I can live a pain-free life um, after my accident. Mm. And so I wanted to take it to the next level with the Pilates training. So I started that. And then um, that was shortly thereafter I'd opened up my studio. And then I just, you know, every year I try to continue. I, I always try to do at least one educational thing per year and continue that. I just think it's so good for everyone in this industry. And so, you know, obviously, you know, there's not a lot of, like, different bar trainings out there. So I That's like true. to either do Pilates or I've done kettlebells, um, foam rolling, you know, pre mm-hmm. postnatal training. So I just always like to keep it new and interesting. Oh, it And sounds- hey, mom, do
1: not disturb, but... Really my dad got through. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let that out. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Anyways. Um, well, I've had people ask me too. You know, there isn't a lot of bar stuff out there, and this, you know, part of the reason this podcast exists, and you know, just encouraging other people. You have something you want to share, and you know, share. But you replace the word Pilates for bar you know, replace the word bar for kettlebells or whatever. It's mm-hmm. all, it's all relevant information. Right. And you're dealing with this, you know, the human body, you're dealing mm-hmm. with human movement and it just informs everything. So I think you're absolutely like, right. And that it's like good to continue that education and it's okay to go into different things. And I, I do think there's still a barrier with a lot of bar instructors that feel maybe intimidated to go into a workshop. That's not labeled bar. Right. Um, which it doesn't have to be labeled bar, you know, as long like if it's an open workshop, it, there's so much out there. Um, which I know I get like kind of addicted to doing trainings. I've also done, you know, my role, like, not foam rolling, but, um, Jill Mil- Miller's method, the role model method. And- uh-huh. Yeah. Unless I <laughs> Do you, is this your dad? Maybe called twice. Does this? Do you, should you answer it? No, he is probably. We went to see a movie yesterday, oh. and <laughs> he probably wants to talk about the movie. And oh, it's so cute! I know it's. And I'm gonna have to text him. Stop calling me! Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> Too funny. I'm, I'm on a call. Uh, so funny. Anyways, and we have. I gonna edit this out too, but we have, um, we bought an apartment that we were turning into a two bedroom and have been taken for a bit of a ride
2: Oh no! and,
1: uh, it can't be turned into a two bedroom. So, well, now we have to sell it,
2: which is, you're kidding no, me no, for the baby.
1: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Where are you in New York? Or um, yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. What part of Brooklyn? Um, I'm in Brooklyn Heights. So
1: right near Dumbo. Yeah. And, uh, yes, it's been a, he was there yesterday when I got the call. And um he was probably checking in because I was like, I just started crying. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh
2: my god, that's so unfortunate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no,
1: it will all be fine. We're not homeless, which is great, but it was like,
2: okay,
1: start yeah. start again. Um Yeah. But anyways, what was I saying before when we were talking about we were talking about um oh the different trainings. The different trainings. Yeah, so different trainings are I think are great in that barrier of um you know, not feeling maybe qualified enough or in fitness enough because we mm-hmm. a lot of us come to bar from different places. I, I right. came from Pilates first and then oh, interesting. discovered, bar. I was a dancer, discovered, you know, was in Pilates and then bar was kind of happening around. I was dancing at the time. So when you said you were in New York in 2008, I'm like, me too. And, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of when I first uh, right after college, moved here and started dancing and, right. you know, totally in two different paths. And it it was just becoming a thing for dancers to become like, not that it didn't happen before, but it was not as popular to have right. a full-time fitness job and to be dancing. Right. And so people were getting into yoga and like I went into Pilates and then bars started happening. And I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. I didn't like it at first. Like, so what was your first impression? Were
2: you like hooked right away or did it have to like grow on you a little bit? See, I was hooked right away. I I think it, like, I loved that shake, Mm -hmm. that first initial shake, which now I'm like, you know, you would feel like once you do it for a while, I still get those shakes every once in a while, but I miss that. I'm just, oh my gosh, my legs would just quiver. Well, Uh, it
1: coming from a water poloist, uh, (laughs) I, I, I can imagine that you do, but like, for, for, as a dancer, I was like, Oh no, I don't want to feel it. like it's from that was right. my reaction. I was like, no, I don't want to feel my quads. That was like bad. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. want to build your quads as a dancer. Right. Like, cause you'd be like foam rolling them out all night. Just
2: <laughs> right.
1: I know. So it's funny. It's the, it's like divided camps. I, I either find that people are like hooked right away or it like took a bit to like warm yeah. up too. Um, and so you had moved to Austin, you got into Pilates. When was it that you decided to um, originally start teaching fitness? So I'm going to bring you back to San Francisco at the daily method. Were you
2: taking classes? You were a student and then started teaching or? Yeah, I was a student for about six months and I just loved it so much that the owner was just like, Hey, what do you think about training? And so I started training and I mean, I always like picked up on the moves quickly and I just loved how it really transformed my body. And I was so, so, so passionate about it. And just Mm -hmm. in general, I think coming off my accident and the emotional side of that, Mm -hmm. how much it really did help me. And I was able to step away from doing the physical therapy and use this to stand in as my physical therapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so for me, it was just everything was like colliding perfectly. And I just always like knew in the back of my head, I'm like, gosh, I would just love this one day. I want to have my own studio. Mm. And so it was kind of one of those things that was always my dream from when I started.
1: You just kind of fit fit right in. So after moving mm-hmm. to Austin, was that kind of when you decided that you wanted to create your own method or were you looking to be a part of maybe someone else's studio when you first got there?
2: Well, so my husband is from New Jersey. And so- we <gasps> yeah. met-
1: me too. <laughs> oh, <you are>. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey and Texas, for some reason that you wouldn't think it's a swap, but we had so many people move in to my town from Texas and vice did versa. Write, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Funny. So, yeah well, so we met in New York and I was kind of like, I kind of knew I was like, this is the guy, gosh, I'm going to have I'm going to be on the East coast forever. I'm a California girl. <laughs> so I've got, if I'm going to be out here, I've got to figure out what I like want to do and what I love doing. And so I was considering it and, you know, trying to do it out there. And then we started, I was just missing California so much that I was like, you know, we've got, we're either going to go back to California or we went to a wedding in Texas and loved it. And Mm. so we were like, you know, what Texas could work. So we ended up moving to Texas. And that's when I was kind of like, when I started, I got here and I started taking classes and I was just feeling this void from New York and my classes there. And, Mm. you know, some of my favorite instructors, I was like, Austin just needs, a bar studio like that. And Mm -hmm. and that's when I really started venturing off and becoming really passionate about starting my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's how mod was started. And we started it in 2013 as one met the first studio opened. And Austin was when we moved had already kind of popped and now has even exploded more. It's Uh, the amount of people, I mean, I was just there and I went to your studio and last
1: what is it? Yes. September now. And my friend her husband, you know, he's from California. She She's from Texas. They lived in New York and moved out there. So we were visiting and I was like, Oh, I get it. It has that yeah. same like vibrancy and just, that I don't know, creative energy that's floating around and really business driven. And, um, when you take classes in New York, if anyone's not been to New York, it's not like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say you're missing out on a ton, but also there's a different vibe. And I know that's a vibe that people talk about, you know, in movies and TV, just like there's a hustle, mm-hmm. there's this pulse right. happening. And it, because you're on your feet moving, you got to get yourself from one place to the other. You got to get to that train. You got to move on the train to get to the next place, to get to mm-hmm. the bus, to wherever. So even coming to cause that energy is constantly that undertone, plus having the luxury of having access to so many trainings and so many experts, because again, Amazing it's like instructor. a very yeah metropolitan area is the birth of where like Pilates happened. And there are just so many things that are happening here that yeah, the, the rat race is in every industry, right? Like the competition is high. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be noticed and seen and the best, like everyone's working at such a insane pace which can be very motivating and very daunting and right exactly <laughs> can burn you out for sure I, there's definitely two sides of that coin so mm-hmm. um to be able to bring that to another city it's like it is it's so different and it's probably refreshing or maybe fun for texans to kind of come in and be like oh this is different so what would you say are like the biggest different differentiations between like your style studio compared to maybe like a typical Texas lifestyle? I won't say another studio, but just kind of like, what's the pace usually like compared to what's happening in your studio?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, one is we're the only local studio here. Mm -hmm. So everything we do, it's all, you know, own operate, all goes through me. And so we're really able to have a lot more flexibility in terms of our structure in our class, our music Mm -hmm. We can keep it really new and fresh for our clients, which is awesome. And that's what our clients love about it so much. And why our teachers have been with us for so long, too, is we give them the strong foundation and we want them to be able to go and put a really great class sequence together that sticks to the principles of Bar, of Lottie Burke, of Mm -hmm. Pilates, but that's able to give people that variety so they're able to move their bodies in a different way every time they come and they they don't know what to expect
1: love that. I think variety is key and definitely setting a structure and principles and touch points to go through when you're teaching. So, it, you know, there, it's not just a free for all and it's creating something new every time, but it keeps people coming back. And even being in New York city, you get pockets. Like I'm my studio that I teach at, it's not mine, the studio I teach at in Brooklyn, I get the same people every Mm -hmm. week. I mean, it's rotating. There's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I see different faces. There's sometimes, you know, there are new people that come in regularly, but not, it's not new people every time. And, you know, being able to keep it local, keep it feeling like a community, even in a larger city, I think is surprising for most people that kind of tune into the Bar Variations podcast are not in big cities. So, you know, just kind of putting it out there that we're all kind of doing the same thing. It just might feel like you're the only one doing it right? Right. in in a smaller place where there's not many, but it's, um, yeah, it's the freedom of being able to be an instructor for myself as an uh, online business owner. I'm not a brick and mortar business owner, but having the freedom for me to be able to teach at a studio that allows me to, Shine my voice through is so important. And how do you feel as a business owner being able to be able to kind of provide that space for your teachers? Like how does that kind of like maybe ease your stress or (laughs) maybe lets
2: you see people grow and maybe get inspired yourself through others? Yeah, and that's what we've been able to, I've seen some so many of my instructors even have been with us since we opened gosh, eight years ago. And so we've seen them evolve, you know, and our method has evolved as eight years have gone on. Um, and we've created different class sequences and just seen them be able to build their repertoires and add in the different varieties and variations of classes um, and develop as instructors has just been amazing to see. And even on the community side of it, I think I always say, you know, we get, we have same class structure as all the studios out there Mm -hmm. and we have members that come and go. And then what I always find is that so many of them always end up coming back to mod at some point, Mm. which is just amazing. I just think that's just like such a testament to the method Mm -hmm. and what we do is, you know, providing great customer service, but also just a great product and people can do it for a lifetime. That's what's so amazing about bar. You know, it's not so, taxing on your body. Like you can really do this five to six days a week and you can feel great.
1: Absolutely. And then having that confidence in your own product and your own method to be able to put it out there in a way where like, Hey, we're, you know, happy to be here and excited and encouraging everybody. But if you go off, it's okay. And if you come back, amazing, you know, so it, it, it doesn't have this, um, competitive, even though you might be competing with yourself in that room that day,
2: Mm -hmm. it doesn't have
1: that competitive feel where it's so focused on what everybody else is doing. Right. You know, and I think that's where a lot of us can get tripped up as teachers and Mm -hmm. a lot of us can get tripped up as, you know, business owners in Mm -hmm. a respect of constantly trying to imitate other people. Like when we're first teachers, like imitation is key, right? You got to like copy what you think is great. And that's why when you're in a training program, you're given structure and scripts Mm -hmm. and things to say, and, you know, things to think about and how you should, what you should follow, whatever
2: order, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Yes,
1: But then when you evolve and you grow and even for your business to be able to just not worry about what Studio X down the street is doing, I mean, what a relief. Like I think that takes (laughs) up Or even what other teacher, if you're teaching at a studio and you feel in
2: competition with your other teachers. Right. um, And that's one thing which is, I also think what is amazing about Austin is that it is a really supportive community mm -hmm. for small business. It is getting, you know, bigger week by week, month by month, but it's such a supportive community small business community, but also for women, which has been, I found really great for starting your own business and just having, I know so many women, female business owners Mm -hmm. that have and built these amazing companies, not just in fitness, but all across from baby lines to food products. So it's just so easy to network here, which has been really, really great too.
1: That's great because it, it, seems like, well, the time that I've spent there, or the very little time I've spent there, it seems like a very large, small town. And not that the buildings are small, but just the community feel. It feels like there's so many people connected and um, willing to connect if they haven't connected before. And I think there's something so nice
2: about that. It, that's exactly how it is. That's in, And that's exactly how it feels too, which is, it is refreshing, especially when you know you go into this not knowing really what you're doing, starting a business and you're just kind of learning as you go, it's Mm -hmm. nice to be able to have resource and for people to share that information with you too. And it doesn't have that competitive feel to it. It's, it's a really nice community.
1: Yeah. Ding, ding, ding on all sides of that (laughs) thing that you just said, (laughs) learning as you go. I think the questions that I get all the time, like, well, how did you start? Where did you begin? And this is why I start the podcast of like, where did you start your movement journey? Because you can start to so people can like listen to how those pieces fell into place. And it's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, Oh yeah. Like I learned, you know, punctuality in my swimming and I learned this from here. And that's why now as a teacher, this is why I implement these policies for myself and others. And, um, I, I just love, that it's like, we don't all have the answers and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not go to business school. I don't know. You know, you didn't go to school for business and it's like, it just, there's so much out there. And if you ask and you just start putting it out there, like, I love just kind of like talking about what I'm doing and somebody would be like, Oh yeah, I know somebody that could help you with that. And I'm like, great. Awesome.
2: Like the power of asking, it goes a long way. (laughs)
1: It goes such a long way. So what do you think is the most important thing you would want your trainees to walk away with
2: when you hold a teacher training? Gosh, you know, so, I mean, I did my training, my first training when I was 23. So I feel like I was in such a different mindset, Mm. then as opposed to if I went through it now. Um, and I just think, you know, we've been really fortunate to evolve and we've brought on this, an amazing director of training and been able to learn so much. And I think confidence is such a big part of Mm -hmm. being an instructor. And I think being able to walk out of training and leave your training with that confidence And as you walk into a room, then you can do anything. And that's just so much of life in general Mm -hmm. is walking into the room with confidence. And then I also think too, just the education side of it, just continuing to study. I think so much of being a good instructor and, um, you know, business owners just continue to continue to learn, just have that thirst for learning, whether it's doing an anatomy training or doing, you know, a foam rolling training, something Mm -hmm. there's so much out there online now. Um, especially now too, that you can just pop on, do one, and then you can take and going to classes, I think is such a big thing too. That's what I always tell our instructors too, is just make sure you don't forget why you got into training. It's because you loved bar classes. Mm-hmm. So stay a student also.
1: Yeah. The con- like confidence is key and it's it- and sometimes it takes work, right? It's it's not going to maybe happen overnight, depending on how long the training is or how short it is. That's definitely something to be like worked on. And then really being able to own, like, I have the tools, I know what I'm doing. And like, even just monitoring that to yourself, like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm Mm -hmm. talking about and I can teach this class and being able to walk in there and teach a great class with confidence mm-hmm. and then to be cu- continuously curious and about like, Oh, well, instead of judging, like, Oh, that was a horrible class. Like, right. Oh, well, you know, I really liked this moment. How could I maybe do this differently instead mm-hmm. of being so hard on ourselves? Cause there is a little bit of that performance aspect as a group fitness instructor, right? We're in front of a room in front of a crowd, we're talking, we're trying to be exciting and encouraging and motivating, mm-hmm. all of the things. Right. And you can fit, feel like you're being, you know, putting on a bit of a show. Yes. Um, which is okay. Which is, I mean, I definitely put on a bit of a show when I teach sometimes. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like my favorite as a performer. I'm like, that's my favorite part. <laughs> like, it is. It's fun, right? I'm like, if I can like crack a few jokes, I feel like the funniest person on the planet. And I'm like, I know I'm not. <laughs> and, but yeah, that curiosity, is it, it, it goes so far. And even in our own lives, like we get into it for the reasons we get into it. And to be able to go back and remind ourselves of that is, I think, really key. And and also, maybe it's changed, right? Like, so maybe those reasons why, like, could you tell us like why, like your why behind why you teach bar classes now?
2: Yeah. For me, I mean, I think I like to just motivate and encourage people to just live more active lifestyles. And, you know, I always encourage people, whatever it is, it might not be coming to bar every day. That doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. But as long as you're going on a walk or, you know, doing something at your house, whether it's getting on the Peloton or going for Mm -hmm. a run or walking your dog, just doing something that's active. So you're maintaining that active lifestyle. Um, I just love being part of that. I mean, I've seen so many of our clients have transformations physically, but then also just the mind aspect of it Mm -hmm. that I think is so important too. And for us, you know, so many of them, they come to mod because it's their one hour, it's their happy place and mm-hmm. they love it. And so just being able to create that space for people that's safe and they know the familiar faces, they know the people mm. in class, they they just love being there. So yeah,
1: I love how the mind body connection is not solely uh, designated to yoga anymore. I used yeah. to, and I feel like for so long, it was like, oh, well you go to yoga to really like connect with your self and your mind and your Mm -hmm. inner light and all of that. And I love that that is seeping into everything because as we learn more about meditation, as it became like more mainstream, you don't have to be sitting cross-legged in a room full of essential oils (laughs) and, and in silence. And I was actually having this conversation not long ago with somebody else that, that, you know, living in a city, you have so much going around you and like, there's so many people and you get on the subway and you're like squished in and you're like, really have to like go inside if you're going to find some peace, right? You have mm-hmm. to really yeah. connect and that's life. Like that's more real life than it is being in a room and silence and the nice chimes are playing and the incense, you know, the incense are going. Right. Yeah. And so to be able to take that and even in Pilates, I mean, you read Joseph Pilates Return to Life book, he's talking about the mind and the spirit mm-hmm. so much more than he's talking. He doesn't mention abdominals once, right? right. So mm-hmm. it's quite amazing that it's, um, you know, something like bar class or like a hit class or any type of like big, sort, it can become a movement meditation or just another way to like clear the mind, get centered and yeah, keep moving through.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. It's, and I, I feel like the longer I'm in the industry too, that's more about what it evolves for me to be personally too, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of just like the way you progress through life. I feel like a little bit also.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, you can't know what you don't know and you can't get there before you're there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think as a kid, I was always like, Oh, I just want to like know it. I just want to know it. I want to like, and I think in fitness a lot too, we can be like, oh, well, I want to get to that X result. I want to get right. to the P and it's like, but then, then what? Right. Then I mean, you might get an accident. then you might, I don't know, get tired or you might be aging and well, it doesn't feel good anymore, you know, yeah, I <laughs> too know much like... impact. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's good to kind of always check in with that ever changing why, um, yeah. And so I like to play this little game called "heard at the bar. I, every week I post something about something that either I hear from clients or either that I hear from fellow teachers or myths or truths behind bar. Mm-hmm. And I would, I mean, the biggest one we could say is like, Oh, bar is for women. And, right. um, is there something that you've heard in at around the bar that you'd like to debunk or to kind of like
2: validate. (laughs) Oh gosh. I feel like the one that I hear a lot is not a lot. I mean, I feel like I haven't heard a ton just is oh bar bar makes you bulky, Mm. you know, with having three pound or four pound, you know, we've supplemented (laughs) into our workout, grab a heavy set and that's like a four pound or five pound.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I mean, we're only doing arms for six minutes total and (laughs) It's, it's not going to, you're, yes, you're going to feel stronger and you're going to get a muscle tone, but it's not bulking.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's because the images we see in magazines and on fitness videos and maybe TV, uh, you see these enormously sculpted bodies doing the the same type of work and you're like, wait a second. (laughs) Right. That Right. They are not getting that body solely from this. You know, again, right. it, I, I don't know if they, still, I don't have TV anymore, um, fully streaming. I am definitely a millennial in that. <laughs> I've cut the cord. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, like the old like Bowflex ads, or, I don't even think they right. have this yeah. anymore. But, or the, even like, I'm not going to drop names of some of the like more intense like fitness programs that are on these infomercials, but you see these bodies and you're like, there's just no way. Because if you go into the science behind it, there's supplements involved. There's intense, heavy, heavy weightlifting. And it's certain very specific programs in order to build that kind of bulk. Right. Um, But yeah, so I wonder if that's because we we see things. And and then maybe it's a female thing where we start to feel our quads. I certainly was that person that I'm like, oh, I don't want my quads to get big. Right. Yeah. Cause I feel them, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, my jeans are tighter. They're not, I'm just sore.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the booty's just a little lifted.
1: Yeah. It's just a little lifted and yeah, yeah it's not, you're not going to grow four times your butt than you already have. Right. <laughs> Which would be insane. I know. Um, and then my last thing for you is, uh, what's in your bar, your B-A-R. So favorite, Cocktail, mocktail, tea, coffee. I want to hear
2: what keeps you fueled in your day. Yeah. Oh, gosh. On the weekends or after 5 o'clock or like during I the mean, day, day. You can do the whole <laughs> week. <You can>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a coffee with the ghee butter in the morning. That's mm. my every day. Sometimes one cup, sometimes two. And then my um, water. I'm not like a, you know, sweet drink person. I'm all about the hydration during the day. And then if I'm going to have a drink, normally I'll just have a glass of white wine. I feel like now it's getting a little cooler now. So I'll, I'll, I'll moving more into the Pinot Noirs, but there go. my staples are my coffee and water. <laughs> I know. I've been really getting into putting a tea
1: bag in my water bottle. Oh, that's a great idea. I know. I was like, I saw someone, I did not invent it and it did not. I was like, oh, this is great, especially when I started my pregnancy and I'm not a coffee drinker, but I just, for some reason, nothing was tasting great. And even water, yeah. I was like, oh God, this again. And, yeah. um, yeah, the tea bags in my water bottle. I'm like, oh, I feel like a little, helping. yeah, a little fancy, a little.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know it gives a little flavor.
1: I know. I we'll see once the baby comes if I turn into a coffee drinker because I'm I'm not currently, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I might need some caffeine.
2: <laughs> a little bit, I know. Well, you'd be surprised. The adrenaline kicks in, and that's true.
1: And my mom's <laughs> like, you'd be so proud of you. And even just from anatomy standpoint, it's like.
2: Wow, yeah, (laughs) my
1: mind is like constantly being blown. I'm like, really? That's where my intestines are going? Okay, cool. I know.
2: Yes, it's. (laughs) We just had. We just did a workshop, a pelvic floor strengthening workshop, and diastasis Mm. check for postnatal. And it's just, I know the whole. It's just there's not as much education out there, you know, because we see our doctors, but that's for bigger things. So we're trying to kind of get into that whole beating that step down so we can be that first. We have so many pre-postnatal clients that are coming to us after, and we just want to make sure people are doing it safely and properly. And so that's something we're thinking about.
0: Love
1: it. Even
2: adding on as like a monthly educational workshop for them. Oh, my goodness. That sounds,
1: yeah, keep everyone posted on that if you end up sharing it. It's uh, definitely a topic that is constantly evolving, right? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of what we knew at one point, you know, abs were out the window for everyone hands down. And now it's not the case. And the causes of diastasis recti are being discussed all the time Is it genetic. Is it being
2: Mm -hmm. caused
1: by something? And okay, now who cares? Now it's there. Now now what do you do? And all of that stuff so it, yeah I think and even the pelvic floor like it, for incontinence and stuff like that it's not something that you need to live with or you necessarily need surgery for but it can be strengthened our, our bodies are an amazing place and can heal and can Absolutely. get stronger and yeah I think that's awesome so could you tell us before I dismiss you off this interview <laughs> could you tell the listeners where to find and follow
2: you yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram. It's mod fitness, M O D fitness, and our website's the same mod fitness, but we keep everything up on our Instagram. So that's, that's where to get the newest and latest information. And then my personal one is Marn, yeah. Marn O Duncan. So M A R N O D U N C A N.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And thanks for sharing kind of your inside scoop of your studio. If anyone's ever in Austin, they definitely need to go
2: check you guys out it's in this cute little renovated home it's like so lovely i love it oh Um, good and hopefully when you come if you come back to visit we'll have our second location open
1: yes i will be there baby in tow
2: (laughs) (laughs) i know you have to come do one of our baby bar classes
1: Um, that's true there you go special guest yes (laughs) thank you marnie
0: Thank you everybody for tuning in. If you'd like to write into the podcast, send an email to info at barvariations.com. You can follow us all over social media at barvariations. You can also visit the website at www.barvariations.com, where you will find show notes, archive episodes, and more. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.